0: everybody, And welcome back to the CPD Group podcast. Today, we have another guest with us, Richard Bowler from the Professional Electrician and Installer magazine. So, Richard has been working with us for a while through the magazine, having that accredited, which we'll go into in a little bit more detail in a, in a bit more time. Okay, so welcome, Richard. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having us. So, uh,
1: Welcome, as I say. Tell us about yourself.
0: Tell us about what you do.
1: Uh, So, uh, yeah, no, thank you for having me, first and foremost, this morning. Um, Yeah, no, I'm the editor of Professional Electrician and Installer magazine, um, as you've explained, Andy. So basically, um, a journalist or or an editor who's putting together a publication uh, and uh, associated uh, digital materials as well, all aimed at uh, electrical professionals um, working currently in the electrotechnical industry. Super, super. So about the magazine itself then. Yeah. So where did it start? How did you get involved? Tell us a bit more about that um, kind of thing. So my own involvement, so so let's we'll, we'll go back and do a little bit of a history lesson on it. So the magazine will be 40 next year, the ripe old age of 40. So um, so it started as, a, if we take a little bit of a step back, Hamerville Media Group, which is the publisher of, of this particular publication, um, we have a number of titles that are aimed at uh, trade professionals. So we, outside of Professional Electrician and Installer, we have a magazine for builders, which comes out every month. We have a magazine for plumbers, one for hairdressers, which I don't make much use <laughs> of with this barnet. Um, so we've got all sorts of trade specific titles. Um, so our, our original flagship title, which was launched uh, as the first one, was Professional Builder um, and then Professional Electrician followed a couple of years after. So like I said, it will be, it'll be 40 years old as of next year. So. The reason for the launch of these publications was um, a lack of kind of industry resources and um, news sources for those particular sectors. So our, our, our founder, Mr. Brian Shannon, we obviously we were talking about the Shannon family earlier, who, who owned the company, um, felt that there was a gap in the market for a magazine or some sort of resource for um, trade professionals. So so Builder came out first, then Professional Elegation followed a couple of years later, and essentially the concept of the publication is to try and provide as much news, new product information, uh, content that's relevant to uh, professionals working in that sector. Um, The magazine has quite a unique distribution route, which is quite important to explain. So One of the great things about the majority of our publications is that they're distributed through the wholesaler trade counter. So so when we talk about that, an electrical wholesaler is essentially a parts distributor which will sell products um, to a qualified electrician or to electricians or anyone working in that particular sector. So one of the beauties of the distribution of our publication is it sits on the, the majority of wholesale trade counters in the UK. So when an electrician is going into his wholesaler, the magazine is on the counter in front of him. They'll pick it up for free, uh, put it in the van, read it, consume the content throughout the course of the month. Another issue comes out the following month and the cycle continues, Excellent. essentially.
0: Excellent. So talking about, you know, we mentioned earlier that uh, we actually accredit the magazine. Again, we'll talk yeah. about that slightly in a bit more detail later. But why is CPD itself particularly important to the industry of electricians?
1: Yeah. So so specifically to this sector, um, and again, anyone who's listened to this this kind of broadcast, it doesn't work in the sector or it comes from outside the industry. Electrical uh, installations and maintenance is a safety critical item, okay? So um, in any building, domestic house, the building that we're sat in now, uh, you'd have needed a qualified electrician to to do the installation, to do the maintenance of the property. So, So from a CPD perspective, this industry evolves constantly. So I'll give you a bit of an example. Uh, one of the standards that kind of governs the industry and the work that electricians have to do are are the wiring regulations, okay? And every 10 years, those wiring regulations are changed and updated. So that's just one change that happens within the industry, but it gives you a bit of an... There's a lot of uh, industries where the practice over the course of time wouldn't have changed much. So, and things aren't changing, so there aren't necessarily new technologies coming in that then need an applicable standard made against them and that kind of stuff. So is the speed of change within this particular sector, uh, which is one of the reasons why continuing professional development and proof of it is, is really important. Um, probably another element of it to just explain to people is that the government doesn't um, regulate the electrical industry or very few industries directly um, because they don't necessarily have the level of skills and competence within Within government, Uh, you've got lots of ministers that are changing departments constantly, as you'll see on TV. Well, how are they supposed to be the expert of that particular department? So there's lots of sectors that government will allow industry to kind of regulate itself with the correct appointed individuals as part of that. So an element of the electrical uh, industry is what you call a competent persons scheme or competent persons registers. So there's there's, there's two organisations within the electrical industry that essentially... Um, a credit and sign electricians up to a register, which then gives someone like you, uh, if you haven't worked done at your home or in this commercial property or anything like that, confidence uh, that that individual's on a register, that they've got a higher level of uh, regulation above them, that's almost self-regulating itself as an industry. So, so again, where CPD comes into this, and we're just looking a little bit into the future with this particular one. For those competent schemes, uh, competent person schemes, um, to uh, continue working and to have the confidence of government, what they have to do is when they're assessing their members, um, so let's say one scheme might have 20,000 members operating on it and another one's got 40,000 members currently, Mm. they all have to have an annual assessment take place every year. So for that member to to retain his status on that register, again, because the electrical industry is evolving and it's such a safety-critical industry, every year guys kind of have to re-register and prove their competence at the end of that particular year because of the speed of change. So the, there's a, a framework within the electrical industry called the electrotechnical Assessment Specification, which is uh, some guidance that those companies that run those registers and are appointing electricians to their registers have to stick to as a competence framework. So when, when they're assessing their members every year or assessing a new member to come on board, they have to assess them against a select set of criteria. OK, a standardised set, set of criteria. Now, the electrical Technical Assessment specification is currently out for consultation for a revision to it. All right, so it needs upgrading. The last one was done in 2021, I believe. Um, there's one due soon. And, you know, a lot of the noises around that at the moment is that added to that framework is that uh, there will be a mandatory requirement for an electrician to prove a certain amount of hours of CPD per year to then Potentially, then get themselves re-registered on a competent person scheme register. Essentially, all right. right? So we don't know the exact figure mm-hmm. of the number of hours at this moment in time, um, but that's something that's definitely coming in the future and will be a mandatory requirement. Um, so that's that. That also proves quite an element of CPD relevance to this particular industry. And I think there's so many different pathways within the electrical industry as well. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily just a domestic electrician or an industrial electrician. There can be dip, you could be um, You know you could be an engineering design um, manager or a a technical support individual or something like that so again certain pathways within the within the industry require you to prove cpd annually as part of being able to progress into that Um, so there's a number of different ways that cpd is relevant in this particular industry but that 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 framework uh, that that individuals working within the electrical industry are going to be assessed is the key important one
0: for us. Ah, Absolutely, it sounds like quite a positive change to be fair. Definitely, and
1: again, if you think about it, it's just, it's one of those um, situations where you have to trust that the individual that's coming into your premises Mm -hmm. is competent to do the work that, they're saying they're, they're competent to do. You're not a qualified electrician. I'm not. It's a safety critical item. You can't smell electrici- electricity. The only time you'll, you'll know that something's up is, you know, when you get a shock or, you know, in the worst case scenario, there's a serious injury. Absolutely. I mean, I'm the last person in the world you want <laughs> to let loose yeah. on your electrics, to be but quite honest with to, you, it, Richard. It feels to me like maybe it, 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 it follows a model of kind of like medical professionals these days. And I think electricians should, should you know, people might laugh at this. But again, we work within the trade sectors and... and, and the level of um knowledge that guys need to have to be a competent electrician and and, and to continue working in this particular sector you know it it, 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 it is like a medical professional mm. so, you know it's a safety critical th- thing that you're doing um could affect multiple people um so so i, I we sort of look at it in that way in, in, in that it's going down that route now of real professional competence and having to prove it Absolutely. So the two organisations, you know, the regulatory bodies
0: that you mentioned, they're bringing in the the mandatory CPD against the framework. I mean, is that a massive change for the industry? Or I mean, how are they how are they getting that information out to the professionals
1: as well? So, again, they're reliant on doing their own. So, So you would have seen over the last little while or if again, if you work within this particular sector, particularly since the pandemic, in. So uh, there's another element with it, just, just, which I did miss out actually earlier, is, is, is when, when you're looking to be re-registered onto one of those, those competent person schemes, you, you have a, fa- a physical face-to-face visit from right. an assessor normally. Uh, and part of that process is, again, they've got to assess you against this particular framework. So you've got to prove that you've got public liability insurance, that you've got all these different things in place. Um, And then you'll take them off to show them a couple of jobs, recent jobs that you've done within reason where you've got access to it. And again, that's something that they'll assess your competence by that process. As you can imagine, over the pandemic, it was an absolute nightmare. So for the competent person's registers and schemes to actually get out and see individuals face to face that were members of their register was virtually impossible because you couldn't have any physical contact with anyone. They obviously couldn't take you to a customer's house to show you a job that they'd just done because we weren't allowed to have that physical you know, interaction or anything like that. So, so again, it changed during that process. So one of the things that the, 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 the schemes were doing was, again, to prove that an individual kept up with his competence over that period of time and what was required of him, that there was an element of having to prove CPD mm-hmm. over that period of time. So, so what we've started to find over the last couple of years, we're finding more CPD accredited webinars. Uh, seminars lots of stuff going on so the competent person schemes both of them run multiple events per year they turn up to our elect shows as well um, that we run which is a live trade show version basically of the magazine Um, so essentially they're trying to get as much information out as possible um, to their members um, but they also really rely on independent sources like ourselves as well so If you think about it, one might have 30,000 members and one might have 10,000 members. Let's just use that as a hypothetical scenario. We probably think there's probably over 300,000 electrical professionals in some sort of capacity working in the UK. So it's only a very, you know, it's a fairly small proportion of people that they're actually able to get their own, you know, their own members are the only people that are learning this information a lot of Of the time. Whereas you have an independent source like PE, which goes out to everyone, essentially. It's it's a much more appealing way of them getting content and information out there as well. Absolutely, I mean you've actually
0: brought in a couple of magazines. Yeah, you wouldn't mind passing me one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, great. Excellent. So this is the magazine. This is the professional electrician and installer magazine, which we accredit as part of our editorial accreditation scheme. So editorial, what that stands for is education and editorial mixed together. And we've actually submitted that word to Wikipedia, by the way, to try to (laughs) to claim it as our own. You know, so that's a piece of work that we're working on at the moment. So uh, the idea is behind our editorial accreditation is that we look for educational content in the written form in terms of articles and things which you have here in the magazine. Yeah. Now, it's been a very successful accreditation route for us, you know, and it's a proof of concept that has really worked well for us and hopefully for yourself, you know. So um, as the editor of the Professional Electrician Installer magazine, why was it important for you to go and seek CPD accreditation? And uh, what prompted that change for your your... Ex- Additions. So again, yeah,
1: the answer to that is obviously some of the changes that have been happening within industry that we're privileged privileged enough to have seen happen and know are coming in the future, as I kind of explained earlier. So that was one of the reasons why I was looking broadly at seeing if there was any way that we could get some sort of accreditation against the publication. I, I, I think, again, it's important to kind of state to people say... Over the last five to six years, what we what, one of the really important things that we do through the publication and, un, and trying to understand what it is that will make it more appealing to readers, make them want to pick it up even more is we survey the readership every year. Um, so um, it, uh, in the last few years, one of the things that has really become apparent when people are answering our survey is that they want to see more technical. They've wanted to see more technical content in the publication. Mm. So we run a variety of content. Again, it's important to understand that in the magazine, you know, not only do we have technical content in there, we've got stuff about new products. We've got profiles on electricians. We've got product reviews. We've got all sorts, you know, we're trying to create a, a, a product every month that essentially kind of, you know, gives someone a bit of everything, really. Yeah. But what was clear that was coming back is that the appetite for more technical content in the magazine was really high. So sort of five to six years ago, we really started a process of we need to make some better contacts, you know, um, can we get better contributors into the publication? Can we get a higher standard and quality of information into the magazine? And over a period of time, we've really been able to um, to evolve that and increase the amount of technical content that we have in the magazine. So what we were doing originally, and one of the reasons why, obviously, this was so appealing for us, is it, it, it had been on my radar for quite a while, but essentially any avenues that we'd taken where we'd looked to try and explore whether this magazine could be accredited as CPD for individuals because we felt that in the publication and not every bit of content, but there's a high level of CPD quality content in there. Absolutely. Um, we kind of hit a roadblock with every avenue that we, we'd we kind of looked at with it, mainly for the reason that, um, you know, competitors to yourself or other companies that are kind of offering the, the, these services had said to us originally that we had too many, what you call independent sources in the publication. So again, you know, you might be able to tell me slightly different, Andy, but you know, quite a lot of the stuff that you probably sign off and a credit for companies is is it will be their own training course containing all of their own information. So you know who the author of that's been. It's probably going to be one individual or two individuals. It's not multiple sources that have gone into it. So actually trying to find a route where we could get this publication accredited with multiple sources of content in there, we were just hitting roadblocks. You know, Seminars we could get signed off at the trade shows, Mm -hmm. webinars and things like that was no problem at all. But actually, getting it for this publication was proven a bit more tricky for yeah. us.
0: I mean, right. for us, I mean, when we looked at the publication itself, I mean, we you could just tell straight off the bat, the technical content you're describing is, is educational in its form from start to finish. You know, if um, you're an electrician, reading that content is fantastic learning for you, you know, and it's something that you can take away with you and apply to your day-to-day business, you yeah. know. So, I mean, I'm looking at your publication again. <laughs> we can see here, if I just show it to the camera that you guys have actually created a CPD zone in the center of your magazine, which is kind of isolating all that technical content. Because one of the things we discussed, wasn't it, Richard, is that we're not able to accredit product promotion and things like that, you know, because it's not educational in that way that we we see it as fit for accreditation. But all of the other articles that your your contributors, you know, quite rightly, they are independent uh, contributors, but still they are offering seriously high level educational value to your readership. You know, so we see that as a CPD, you know, yeah. why wouldn't you if you ask me? Yeah. It's one of those things where sharing information, sharing top high level knowledge with your professionals is really important yeah. for their career development. You know, so tell us a little bit about the reconstruction of the, the you know, the
1: editorial to actually have a CPD zone in the middle. So again, it's it's important to kind of just explain, so again, some of the contributors that we have into that section where we talk about the high level of technical information and a couple of the, the, the schemes and registers that I've just mentioned to you earlier, yeah. they contribute content into this section every month. So again, we've got that confidence that it's a high level of, of, of technical um, information. But yeah, it, it, it for us, it was it was more of a case of signposting and just making sure that everything, so, so I think again, we have to take a step back is that, um, in this industry anything really can be classed as CPD But, but so, so and, and obviously what we had to do between the two of us is distinguish this, this was what we called a higher level of mm-hmm. it you couldn't accredit every bit of, of content in the publication but if an electrician really wanted to, and this is the process that they would have to go through previously with a publication like ourselves, they could try and prove CPD from any piece of content that they've read if they wanted to. And and what that would involve is basically a process of them having to scan an article out of the publication, then write like a findings kind of um, application, essentially. What have I learned from this? How did I implement it into my work? Blah, blah, blah. It's just such a faffy process. It was creating a barrier to people actually doing it so that could be acknowledged as cpd against someone's record at some point but it's just a faffy process a really really faffy process it's the same as you know again when you accredit the seminars at shows and things like that an individual probably could get some cpd against their record for doing that if they didn't have a bespoke certificate coming out of the webinar or the seminar but again they're gonna have to sit down write some documentation up about what they've learned in there who presented it what they got from it how they've implemented it into their work the likelihood is they're going to have got some CPD from that seminar, but they're just not going to be able to have documented it in the way that they need to afterwards. So going back to what you said there, one of the original plans, and this is how things evolved over a period of time as well, is that we were going to originally bookmark any content in the magazine. So rather than segregating within one section of the publication, we were going to have articles dotted about in different sections of the magazine. And any that had that higher level of CPD and that you guys maybe had accredited, as part of an overall package for us, <clears throat> we can have a signpost or a <clears throat> marker against it. Say this is a CPD worthy piece of content. Mm-hmm. Make your notes, blah blah blah. Then, really, just thinking about it and having some time to think about it myself, it's like, well, why don't we just segregate this all into one section of the magazine, so that it's very clearly signposted where it starts, where the content starts, and where it finishes, and that we've got this individual section that just the content within that section is what an individual is essentially potentially gonna be able to get a CPD credit for. Um, So that's how the process evolves. So again, I think it's really important. And again, you're looking at a copy of the magazine there and you've got the intro page. So we repeat that in every issue of the magazine, that intro page, has got a couple of disclaimers on there. Don't cheat the system, for example. So again, we're we're explaining to them, you have to go for each individual piece of content in in that particular section, clearly signposted. When you get to the end, you're going to find a page with a QR code, with a call to action on it, which will allow you to get your your personalised CPD certificate for that particular issue of the magazine. But don't cheat the system. This is how you have to do it. And I think it's important that we run that disclaimer page in every issue of the magazine, just reiterating to the readers, we're deadly serious about this. Yeah. There is a way that you can cheat the system if you really want to. You could go straight to the article. I mean, I have to, you know, I have to talk about limitations that potentially could exist with it as well as of it course. currently stands. Could scan to that article, but again, you're cheating yourself. You're cheating the system. Yeah. What we've tried to do, all we're trying to do, is just help people with the process of documenting their CPD. Um, so you know, we expect people to use it in the correct way. So that's why we've had to create kind of this segregated section in the magazine, which I think does. A, it gives us a really easy way of signposting it in every issue of the magazine. You'll also see on the front cover, we put the, accreditate, the accredited activity number against it. We're promoting it on the front cover of every issue of the magazine. So you, we've got lots of stuff that we're using to kind of push back to this particular section.
0: No, it's, I think what you're doing here is brilliant, Richard. <clears throat> I mean, you know, you, you are very clear about what what you have to do here to, to you know, yeah. gain your accreditation. And just for those viewers or listeners who don't actually know what our editorial mechanism is, is we will assess all of the learning material, all of the learning articles, the educational pieces that we're presented with. And then um, we provide a QR code to be put into the publication so that readers can scan the QR code at the end. As you say, Richard, download a bespoke certificate that covers all of the subjects that have been covered within that publication and then keep that certificate for their record to then evidence the fact that they are doing various CPD activities. So, I mean... How has the accreditation actually helped your readership? You know, Do you see that they've kind of engaged a bit more? Of them? Yeah. What's the benefits it's had for you
1: and for them? So I think for us, it's, um, and again, it's just the original frustration of not being able to have any kind of, of CPD documentation against this publication, even though we believe there's a high level of technical quality in there every month. So that was one of the really key points. All of a sudden, we've now got some sort of... Um, reference or, uh, how would you put it, uh, recommendation, almost endorsement of the magazines, the, the quality of the content that we said that we were originally putting in there every month, um, going through the, the the accreditation process with yourselves, which again, we can go on maybe to talk a little bit about that, but it is stringent. Um, so, you know, for me as the editor, it gives me confidence in a lot of the things that we're doing. Um, I think just from a readership perspective, what we've noticed is obviously, again, with these things, they take a little bit of time for the yeah. message to kind of get through a little bit. And the social media posts now that we get that are interacting with us and, and someone with their bespoke certificate has posted it on social media, said we've just gone through you know, the Brilliant. September issue of the magazine or the July, August issue. I've got my certificate. So lots of people sharing those kind of things out. Engagement numbers um, with the actual section and the number of certificate downloads has gone up as we've been going along. Um, I, still, I still think there is a knowledge gap in terms of what this is actually potentially going to do for our readers or what it is currently doing for them. And I think what I explained to you earlier, when this consultation on this specification framework is eventually yeah. released, people will start to really see the value of what it is that we're doing here. Um, so, yeah, for, uh, for me, there was never any bad side to doing this. Uh, extra work involved, a little bit of a guinea pig in terms of some of the things mm-hmm. that we're, we're, we're doing. Obviously, we have to make sure that we're getting a really good level of quality, which, which you know, which again is more work for myself, but something I've, I've, you know, been very keen to do anyway through the publication. So I think... Just, you know, there are no bad sides to it. We're offering a free service here to our readers, which essentially is allowing them to to have a documentation or some sort of proof of something which which is incredibly important, um, you know, towards their their, their their daily job and their annual kind of assessment process. So I think, and when we get direct feedback from people as well, again, there's been nothing negative, mm. which again, we can talk about the mechanisms and different things like that. But, but you know, you thought you might get someone at some point come back and say, well, that's too fluffy, or it's this, or it's that. But no, there's generally a trust around it. Um, So it's definitely enhanced reputationally our publication, for sure.
0: Well, that's super to hear. Series. It is super to hear. I mean, yeah. you know, I was just looking at the statistics just before we started the podcast, you know, surrounding your the scan rates yeah. of the, the readership from the magazine, and it's in the hundreds every month. Yeah, You know, so yeah. it, it does look like it's yeah. getting great engagement currently. But as you say, you know, when the mandatory regulations come in against the new frameworks that are being yeah. set, I'm sure that will shirk, yeah. like shoot right up, won't yeah. it? You know, it'll probably skyrocket a little bit yeah. because people will then see, as you say, yeah. the true value in being yeah. able to gain a CPD credit from your publication. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's a very new as well some, sometimes people just have to try it first to have some trust in it of course there may be yeah. that distrust against it again you know we we it's quite a, a time-served industry this so you, you have an older generation that's still working within the industry mm. and on the tools every day they might not be quite so keen of, on the qr code scanning so again yeah. we've got quite a modern mechanism that we're, we're using to get certificate downloads from this there'll be some that aren't okay with that type of process that's fair enough. You know, we put another mechanism in there, which, again, I can go on to explain. We, we, we now put a URL link on there as well, which they can use to take them back to the same page. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been something that, that has added mm. tremendous value to the publication
0: I mean, as you mentioned as well, you know, about the the guinea pig side of things, because this was an absolutely new product for us when you, you know, you approached us asking about whether this would be possible. So, you know, we sat down and had many meetings, you know, regarding this to see what what can we do here? You know, because we like to be innovative. We like to be forward thinking. And we thought, well, there's there's education in here. Why shouldn't we be accrediting that? You know, So, but how can we do it? What mechanism can we put in place? as you've quite rightly mentioned there, we've got the QR code system. You can use the URL. Yeah. So it is accessible to everybody in, yeah. in a way online. Digital certificates are automatic, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's all a really positive sort of uh, product that we've developed in conjunction with yourselves. You know, so thank you for bringing it to us yeah, you know, no, because it's, you. Uh, yeah. it helps us explore new avenues yeah. as well, which is really positive yeah. for, well, for the whole world of accreditation, yeah. to be quite honest. You know, so talking to that, so what was your experience like with working with a CPD group? I mean, how did you, you know, how did how did it all yeah, go? Yeah, so for again,
1: them? we can talk. To, well, I can talk through the process that we went through, yeah, and again, not do. every company is going to go through this process with you mm. because we were one of the first ones. So you know, you've you've kind of ironed out most of the stuff that, that yeah. anyone who's doing these editorials might might sort of go through. But yeah, again, it's it's important to kind of um, just explain the relationship that we had previously with you or we still do as an existing relationship is you accredit the seminars at our so we we have an elex trade show which is six times a year basically a live version of the magazine and we have a seminar room or a couple of seminar theatres as part of that particular show again with presentations that are offering electricians technical knowledge advice and that kind of stuff so We started using you guys to accredit the seminars that we were doing at the show because previously we had a seminar theatre and there was no CPD accreditation against it at all. So that was the first starting point because we knew events could be accredited, seminars could be accredited. And then it was actually one of my colleagues at work had had a conversation with yourself or Dan. um, uh, Does Dan still work here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan still works here. (laughs) Dan still works here. So my colleague here had a conversation with Dan at one point. And this then came onto the radar. He said we, that we've been having some conversations and there's some things, other things that the guys would be prepared to accredit and have a look at doing. And it was like, we, I need this and I need to be the one to go in and get this done because we've been looking at it on our publication for quite a while. So yeah, so we then had a face-to-face or a Zoom conversation with yourself and Dan just to explore what it was we were thinking um, and looking at. Uh, with the whole thing obviously we got some very encouraging feedback from yourselves that there might be the possibility that we could potentially do something but we would need to work together on what the mechanism would be what this would consist of a framework that you needed to give us that we were going to be accredited against so that with any contributors to our publication we could give them a very clear reference as to the way the article has to be structured things that we're looking for in it uh, etc etc so so yes, the process was, I think we had two or three Zoom calls mm. over the course of the piece. Um, I then had to send some example articles to you guys. So we collated a load of content because I wasn't 100% sure what in your eyes would be classed as CPD, or you would accredit us against. So we sent loads of proof copies of content and articles that you guys checked in the background for us, came back with... A very thorough explanation, um, and you checked for every bit of content that I'd sent across and the example content, a very thorough explanation as to what would constitute CPD as part of your own accreditation process, what wouldn't, what the reasons were for that, why that content wouldn't constitute CPD in the future. Um, And it just gave me a really helpful then template and guide as to, okay, this will work, this is what I should submit every month. I don't want to waste anyone's time when we're submitting stuff mm. for the accreditation. Um, so yeah, it was it was really... And then we, we also had to go through the process of <clears throat> you guys doing a certificate design for us, a mock certificate design. How would that need to be? What are we looking for on it? Um, what are the bespoke elements? So, you know, we keep talking about a bespoke certificate one. And again, the beauties of what you guys do for us is someone can't just duplicate a certificate and send it across to their mate because their name's on it. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and there's other elements of bespoke kind of personalisation on that certificate, which is which is brilliant for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so that was a whole process we went through. It was probably two to three months we were developing it. So towards the end of last year, <clears throat> with a plan that we were going to launch in our January issue of the magazine, the first CPD zone section, mm-hmm. Um And yeah, you know, I'd like to say we were the guinea pig and there were loads of teething problems. There were one or two things that we had to tweak as we were going along, but actually I found it a very easy process to understand what you guys were after, how much content you needed from us I started to get an idea to to give us the potential to get one credit per issue. Um, So yeah, you guys were just really helpful, open to the conversations. Obviously it was something fairly new to you as well, so we were kind of maybe helping each other a little bit as part of that to understand what was going on with it, but... I've been really happy with the whole process and obviously quite privileged that we were one of the first publications or maybe even the first publication in the UK that actually had an accreditation like this from yourselves against it.
0: Absolutely. Um, And yes, you were the first. Yeah. You you know, you were the first people to come to us, brought the idea. And as you said, we worked together to develop it. Yeah. You know, so we're very keen on doing that with our, you know, our customer base and having a look at any kind of new ideas that, you know, are feasible. You know, we can't just take everything on, but this had legs to it, you know we thought it was really important to get this content recognized in CPD credits attached to it because it it is valuable information. Yeah. The next thing as well, another additional benefit that I don't think we've covered yet is the fact that you did say about, you know, you've got the accredited activity logo on the front of the magazine. So all of this is submitted to the CPD register as well. So when it comes to the regulators being able to verify people's certification when they evidence it for their ongoing CPD record, you know, they'll be able to go to the CPD register, type that number in, and then verify that your your content is fully accredited by us. You know, so it's an extra so string important to the, extra yeah. string to the yeah. bow, you know? know.
1: That's another great resource that you guys offer. So again, when someone goes through and if you're a potential editor or a magazine looking to go through an editorial accreditation process and add it to your own publication you get downloadable assets once the accreditation's been done. So the accredited activity logo that you see on the front, there's a portal there that automatically gives us a downloadable asset of that, which we then use on the front of the magazine. So there's all these little supporting materials and logos and different things. And I I think it's such a good point that you make about it going back to the accredited, uh, and again, That's up to the assessor and the electrician who are using proof of CPD at at the point of assessment to decide whether they want to go to that level of going back to the register, checking that everything is indeed registered. They may just take it as the gospel that everything's okay. But to have that transparency, if you look at it in the way that it aligns itself in the electrical industry, an electrical professional doing electrical installation and maintenance work, transparency mm. of their work and having proof of who did it and when they did it and all of this kind of stuff is such an important element of the electrical industry as it currently stands. So this mirrors that from a CPD perspective, transparency. It's all about being transparent. What are your qualifications? What have you learned? Well, you know, so, so I think it really mirrors the kind of the attitude, sort of side to to the electrical industry, really well, and, and goes back to that competency and transparency. We need a more transparent electrical industry, as it is. Yeah. Too many cowboys and rogue traders doing things, not document it correctly. Mm. Someone else gets the blame for it. Someone could get killed, but yeah. you don't care because you've you've earned a few quid from it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. so, it really helps to kind of kind of form that. Um, professional element of the industry that you do something like this, that they can go back to a CPD register and see what subjects were covered or what accreditation it's had against it. Um, I think it's also important to point out that there's a year against these. So let's say, for example, our January issue of the magazine, which came out in January, obviously, and had a certificate at accreditation against it. They have to make sure that that, so that, that accreditation runs out in January of next year, essentially. So it's important to, 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 obviously reference the fact that there is a one year lifespan on this when our January issue next year comes out I'm sure that it'll be replaced on the register by that or or something like that so so.
0: yeah I mean it's been such a positive relationship working with you guys so far on your events as well as you know your editorials So uh, I I just last thing to say is thank you very much for coming in to see us, Richard. You know, it's been uh, it's really interesting to hear about your industry from your perspective, you know, because I see it from afar. You know, I'm not an electrician, thankfully. Everyone will be glad to hear that, (laughs) you know, but uh, it's really interesting to hear what's going on in the industry. The changes that are afoot, you know, with the new regulations coming in. So, again, thank you very much for coming in and highlighting all of that for us. And uh, yes, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, yeah, subscribe so that you can catch up with all of our videos and everything that we publish on CPD TV. So yeah, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. Before you go,
1: did you know that you can receive a free CPD certificate from listening to this podcast? all you need to do is head over to the cpd.group forward slash podcast that's the cpd.group forward slash podcast and enter the confirmation
0: code 800009